You are listening to the Dabble Co. Podcast. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Claire O'Brien. In healthcare, we have so many questions about what's trending versus what's actually the truth. So on this show, we're going to get to the bottom of it. It's health, it's wellness, it's beauty, explained by the people who actually know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Dabble Co. Podcast. Um, thank you for bearing with me. I have a brief hiatus. I think I haven't re- released an episode in a few weeks, but um, I am here in Austin, Texas with my partner in uh, life and business, Dr. Sarah Allen. Hello, Dr. Allen. Thank and, you for joining and us. And crime. And, and crime. <laughs> um, so we are actually at a conference together this weekend. Um, we're at the Cult Aesthetics Conference, and um, Dr. Allen is speaking. And we're never really together. Not never. I mean, we see each other sometimes. But we're, we're together just, a lot more now that you've moved. It's weird, which actually. I tell people, yeah. Yeah, I see you in person a lot more now that I've moved. Um, but when we're together, we try try to capitalize on the time. So I figured let's record a podcast because it's been well over a year since we have done a Has podcast. It? Yeah. Um, the last time we recorded, we were in Charleston outside of my porch because Ed would not let y'all come in the house, which is fine. Which no longer exists. (laughs) Right. Well, it is. Oh, the house, not COVID. In your life. Sorry. (laughs) The house does. Well, it exists. We just don't live there anymore. Right. (laughs) People are going to be like, wait, you think COVID doesn't exist? (laughs) No, no. We're very aware that it's still there. Um, So whenever I do 10 questions podcast, I get a lot of like skincare, aesthetic questions and, I get a lot of questions about skin click and business and being a woman in business and a woman in medicine. So I thought perhaps let's recap some of those things and chat today. Let's do it. How are you? Delightful. Um, So let me kind of reintroduce Sarah. If you guys have not listened to our episode from last summer, um, she is by training an internal medicine physician. She did a chief medicine um, resident year at MUSC in Charleston um, and decided to kind of get into the aesthetic medicine world a few years ago and um, to then rediscover joy in medicine, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Medicine's heavy. What it is heavy, and then particularly I feel like with a family and trying to balance all of that, it it there aren't there are not very good um, systems of Balancing, I feel like, in medicine, particularly um, for women and women with families. Um, And so that's hard, and that's kind of where that came from for you, right? Yeah, and it's so, I mean, I I think back, Mm -hmm. I can't even believe it's been a year, right? So, um, but since the pandemic, I mean, I lost over 50 patients in the pandemic. That was really hard, and I I talk about... 50, 50, 5-0? Over 50. I mean, I I won't tell you the exact number, um, but it was well over 50, closer to 100. And, um, and it was just really hard. And I, I do think we're going to have a crisis of healthcare providers in this country for people who have a lot of stress and loss from that, mm-hmm. um, who haven't really appropriately dealt yeah, with it. But certainly that. for me, it was a catalyst um, for yeah. me to... Um, lean in, lean harder into this, I yeah, would say. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Right. I had four girls at home and it was... It was really hard to homeschool and see patients and um, teach. It was hard. Because you started the Skin Click 
um, you know, on a much smaller scale mm-hmm. about three years ago and then kind of started slowly incorporating it into like a formal its own practice and its right. own, you know, LLC. That's I like C to Corp say 2018 and, and you like to say 2019. Say 2019. So our well, formal launch for Claire was in 2019, yeah, 2019. and she's right. But, um, but yeah, we'd had a proven concept at that point. I mean, but even till like you said, you lost patients in the pandemic. It's like, gosh, yeah. I've, I've forgotten that you weren't even really working for the company full time until yeah. October of last year. Yeah. So for a little while you were working in medicine full time and mm-hmm. running an aesthetic company. Yeah. Yeah. on the side yeah. <laughs> slash you had two basically two full-time yeah. jobs and somebody said we would experience exponential growth and, and surely we have someone yeah. who was that someone it, it might have been you it might have been chad spencer i don't know it might have been both it was me it was both of you. i think you put that bug in chad's ear it was me yeah. yeah um and so you know for a lot of the the women in our company aesthetics has been um we I feel like I interview people all the time that say, I've been working in the ICU or I've been working yeah. in whatever place they're in. They're like, I, I, can't, I literally can't do it anymore. I found that really interesting last night at dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Claire and I ate with just some wonderful people who were at Cult. And, um, and they talked about how having their first child was really a catalyst for them to think about aesthetics. Mm-hmm which is such a different part of medicine, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just how it allowed them to create their own schedule because for women in medicine, that mm-hmm. opportunity it's is very really lacking. Mm-hmm. And it, But it's interesting to think about, like, why, why is it that the aesthetic industry allows that? I mean, the aesthetic portion of medicine yeah. and, like, other... Other other sets yeah. of medicine have not caught on yet. That I like, think just the flexibility, right? I mean... <laughs> Truly, what are your emergencies, right? A vascular occlusion. That's pretty much it. Right. But it's not <laughs> yeah. It's not someone with cancer who's calling right. you saying, my pain is terribly uncontrolled. Right. Or right. it's not someone in the unit on a vent. It's not yeah. your, you know, patient who's suicidal. Yeah. It's just a, it's a really niche part of medicine that is joyful and... Um, and wonderful, yeah. but definitely comes with its own challenges. And I think most of us, too, I feel like, you know, I'm like, hey, I did 10 years of cancer. Like, I put in my time. You know, I did 10 years of answering emails seven days a week. You know, maybe I wasn't in the office seven days a week, but you're oh, working always, yeah. in some capacity literally for seven days a week. And it's almost like, I mean, I sometimes found myself saying that. I'd be like, well, I did my time. You know, like, yeah. I worked in cancer for 10 years. Yeah. I'm like, now I get to do aesthetics because right. it's totally different. Now and I fun. get to have fun, yeah. Yeah, now I get to have fun and be creative. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about just common things that people ask. So, like, okay. what is your favorite, uh, like, what's your skincare routine? What's your routine in the morning, Dr. Allen? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. So I love the Epiance Lytic Cleanser. Let me just tell y'all something. Like, it doesn't sound like it would be that exciting. I don't freak out about a cleanser. It is a cleanser. Like, face wash, great. It's the best thing that's ever happened to probably both of us. Yeah, agreed. Um, So I do that. Okay. And then I'm very different from you. You exfoliate in the morning. Every day. I exfoliate in the evening. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Two to three times a week. Okay. Um, I do my power pad. Okay. Oh, at night. Sorry. This is just morning. Yes. Okay, so morning. Sorry, lytic cleanser. Okay. Daily power defense. Zio. Mm-hmm. Zio vitamin C. Okay. 
and then my sunscreen, and then my makeup. Which sunscreen do you use? Essential tint? Well, uh, no. You know, I'm very upset at our supplier because I love our mineral sunscreen. Um, so I've been using the La Roche-Posay mineral that you gave me, and it's okay. It's, it's, not, it's not as good. It's not. We, so we have our own private label skincare line, and um, we had this unbelievable mineral sunscreen. And It's coming back. It's coming back. I mean, allegedly. No, it is. I, I mean, it's I, been I've to six months. And, um, and so for me, I'm very oily. Yeah. And so that is a very matte sunscreen for me. So you don't use a toner? That's interesting. Why not? Probably you should. because I use you're, my toning pads at night. I just I only know, do it once a day. in the morning? Because you're so oily. You live in oil town, is what I would say. That's not nice. <laughs> Sarah Alako is from Oil Town, Pennsylvania. Oil City, Pennsylvania. She, she just told me that when I posted the story yes. about dry shampoo. She yeah. told me that she was like, oh my God, I'm from Oil Town. Yeah, like, okay, but so it's then, Oil City, yeah. What do you do at night? <clears throat> okay, at night. You cleanse again. Lytic cleanser. Right, delightful. Power pad. What's a power pad? Oh, I'm obsessed with the new power pads. These are our pads. Yeah, that we these reformulated are Because Claire needed a waffle. They're the tits. Um, oh my God. Sorry, so Dad. My dad listens to this podcast. Oh, my God. I just came out. I don't know. Your Sorry. father is very Sorry, nice. Daddy. To listen to this. He is. And then he sends me a brief recap, and he's like, and he's like please don't use that language. <laughs> he should not um, say that, but he might this time. So, waffle pad just for Clary. Yes. Um, which is delightful. And I love this one because it has lactic acid, whereas our old pads did, did not. not. Our old pads were they just salicylic and glycolic. More. Yeah, they were a little bit too harsh. This has some natural ingredients, lactic acid, yeah. salicylic acid. It's good. All right, then DPD, Daily Power Defense. What, can you explain to people what Daily oh, Power Defense how is? How can I? Okay. No, it's quite difficult. Let me but. count the ways. So, <laughs> I mean, I love it so much. Um, so... Daily power defense, you know, I'm not a person who believes in a moisturizer, right? I would say there we are both are two camps. Dr. You, Obagi has taught yes. us and we are buying what he is selling. We are. 100%. You either you either believe in moisturizer and you are gonna slather it all over your face, mm-hmm. Pond's cream. Like I liken it to chapstick, right? Yeah. If you wear chapstick all the time, you become addicted, you need more chapstick. That's true. Moisturizers like that. Daily power totally defense. Agree. And people don't believe, I'll tell you this, when you put tell somebody, like, oh, I don't think you really need a moisturizer. Let's try to go without it. And they're yeah. like, what? They're like, I can't. So it's daily true. power defense heals your skin from within. I know that sounds so corny, but it's but true. It's true. And, um, and it protects your skin from free radicals caused by the sun and other harmful reactants. And mm-hmm. so it, it truly rebuilds your skin barrier as it's intended to be mm-hmm. and so if you fix your skin that way mm-hmm. you don't need all the extra moisture on top of it because then it's really not you, you we make our own so hyaluronic acid is like a hot you know it's so hot right now yeah. and we make our own you love hyalis i do i do love mm-hmm. hyalis it feels like heaven but we you want to retain your own moisture right. it's it's better that mm-hmm. way okay so you do cleanser mm-hmm. power pad dpd okay I know what's coming next. Oh, really? Or retinol. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Retinol it has serum. Bacucciol in it. It's very which calming. Which you know I love. Then do you put anything on, on top of that or that's uh, Yeah. It? I either use Bioserum Firm or um, I really just love Zia Growth Factor Serum. So some sort of growth factor serum on top of that, yep. whether it's humans or plants. Yeah. And then a lot of people will say, do you use an eye cream? And I'm like, eh. 
Yeah, I use you don't. Our, I use our retinol eye cream intermittently. I actually alternate between. So in our line, we have a. Oh, sorry. We're in a hotel and we're near the elevator, which is not pleasant for anybody. Um, so in case you just hear like random screaming, it's because we're also like across from the bar. We're also on a futon. It's, it's There's really a lot to unpack. Yes. It's fine. Um, I alternate between our. Our eye cream is uh, a retinol eye cream, so it can be like a you little bit. You cannot use it every day. You can, I can't. I do That's now. Impressive. I do now because I'll use a growth factor eye cream in the morning. So I use Lumiere in the morning. It has caffeine and um, growth factors in it, and then I use our intensive. Um, I love the skin at better. Night. Um, what eye gel? Oh, the cooling, yeah, cooling eye gel in the morning. In the morning, yeah, that especially is nice. if you're traveling, it's nice. great. Um, what's your favorite procedure intensive to perform? Intensive eye gel, is that what it's called? Uh, I think it is intensive okay, eye gel. Okay, sorry, yes. what? What's your favorite procedure to perform? Your oh. favorite pr- aesthetic procedure. Okay, good, good. Um, oh, mid-face augmentation with filler, for sure, hands down. Who needs that? Oh, but I love a temple. You know I love a temple. Who ne- Who would need that? Um, everyone, as okay. you like to say. Why? Why is that, because, Dr. Allen? <laughs> because... Um, so as you get older, your uh-huh. fat pads and your face, I feel like we need to put up a graphic in your show notes. Per- perhaps I'll um, try I to can figure out how to one. do that. I'll find you one. Okay. Um, your fat pads start to slide down gravity, right? Gravity pulls everything down, which True. causes jowling, mm. which causes volume loss, particularly right under your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're able to restore volume where volume is lost... That is the best thing you can do. So you know a lot of people who come up to you and say, can you feel these lines around my mouth, yeah. right around my nose, totally. to my mouth? And you're like, God forbid, please don't please ever don't let do anybody ever feel what they call your nasolabial folds. It just makes you look very unnatural. Yeah. And so you need to replace volume where volume is lost. First. Yes, first. Now, you can do the folds, but don't, don't do that without... Yeah. And people hear cheek filler and they're like, "Oh, I don't want." It'll make me look bigger. I don't want bigger cheeks. Yeah, it actually makes you look smaller. But yeah, yeah. It, it's and what's really the neat part about aging is that you lose fat where you would like to maintain it, oh, so but you gain fat where in you other don't places. Want so it. that's it's just a neat, neat part yeah. of, of aging. And by aging, I think what's interesting too, I get the question a lot of like, "When's the right age to get Botox?" I'm like, "Listen." It's so, there's no right age. There's no, really, there's no wrong yeah. age. When you um, wish you would have started? For me, I mean, I'm so expressive. Like, I could have easily started in my early, like, 20s, 25, yeah. probably, for I me. I would say 29 yeah. is when I should have started. But I, I do a lot of 25-year-olds, yeah. Well, what's interesting is that I, I and I'll tell my patients, I feel like of all ages this, I have 40-year-olds that for whatever reason, their genetics, their they may, mom made them wear sun, sunscreen, whatever the reason is, I have 40, 50-year-olds that don't have as deep set of wrinkles as some 25-year-olds yeah. and vice versa. So, I mean, that's why you just can't say, like, right. there's no age that yeah. you, quote-unquote, need to start doing it. Now, filler, outside of lip filler, but I would say, like, maintaining your face, that's probably a little bit more targeted, I would say, like, in your mid to late 30s yeah. and like definitely by your 40s you should be you restoring some volume there's a philosophy that says you're the prettiest you'll ever be when you're 37 or 38 and oh my depressing. gosh but i have like a ton of filler and i'm 37 depressing. i i feel like i will show y'all because when i tell people i have a ton of filler they're shocked but i'll 
I think, but that I think that's great because. Oh yeah, we don't ever want anybody. To, you should never. I would like to give you a little more. I know. I mm-hmm. always and I will always take it, mm-hmm. except to my lips. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm ready just, for you to give me more. So the first time I did Sarah's filler, she was losing it. She was like having a stroke. Y'all, I was. I was she a was terrible like, patient. I can't believe you just told me that I need filler, and I was like, well, every, first of all, everyone needs filler. She but we did that. her chin and her oh, mid face. That's Your what chin she wants to put awesome. in the show notes. Yeah. is how she changed my life with profile balance. It's just interesting, but yeah, I'll po- I will post my like before picture. I wish it wasn't. It's like a little bit foggy. My camera lens was a little bit foggy, but where you can just see. Well, because really, too, right before I got filler, I, that was when I had been on Tobamax, and I had lost, like, 10 pounds, which is really, like, I didn't, I didn't really have 10 pounds to lose, and right. I looked very gaunt. Yeah, you did. But you could see just the volume loss in my face. Mm-hmm. So then I got filler, and then I gained a little bit weight of weight. For, so for a minute, I had, like, a little bit of a chub, but I think I just had filler, like, <laughs> too low in my Jeez. <laughs> but I look better than I did when I was gone. There you go. Anyway, whatever. It's potato, potato. Um, <laughs> but now I probably have, what did you guys do at our last training? I mean, I probably have five oh. syringes right now at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit mm-hmm. underneath that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a decent amount. Yeah. Um, okay, let's think of another question. Oh, you know okay. what else people ask all the what? time? What? So women are told who are nursing or pregnant, basically yeah. like everything is off the table. Oh, okay. What is your philosophy about nursing and pregnancy with just, let's just say skincare. And then yeah. we could, maybe we could talk about procedures, but oh, let's just okay, say skincare. Yes, because you and I fight about this. All right. So we do. It's skincare, fine. yes, you can use up to 2% salicylic acid, up to 10% benzoyl peroxide. Mm-hmm. Just check your ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two camps about growth factors. A lot of people say you should not use hum- human-derived growth factors if you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um and they point towards plant-derived growth factors. I tend... There's uh, no, like, data. There's, there's no, no data. data on that. There's no None. data. And tell me what harm... Why? ...a human-derived growth factor is going to give. Topically. Right. Right. So if you've been following DabbleCo and me for any length of time, you know that I'm super careful with anybody that I endorse or any partnership or brand here. So the goal is always to share evidence-based medicine and things backed by actual science with our audience and our followers. So I was thrilled when BetterHelp approached me to do a partnership with them. So thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is an online platform that connects you to counseling in an incredibly convenient and affordable way, which I think are the two biggest barriers to counseling, access and affordability. So I was actually really surprised when I looked up their rates for counseling. They were a third of what I feel like I've ever heard and what I've personally paid. Um, It solves both of the problems with literally the click of a button on the internet. So I have personally seen the benefits of counseling. I know firsthand how important it is, and I know it plays a crucial role in mental health. So check them out, and they will know that I sent you, and you'll get 10% off your first month of counseling if you head to betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Um, so it's super easy, betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Thanks, guys. Okay. So. Right. Okay. Probably fine. Just but, leave it at that. Ask your doctor. Yeah. Um, I am a doctor. I had four children. I wore human-derived growth factors throughout all four of my pregnancies. So and they're every, very cute, normal yeah, children. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um Let's see what else. So, um, well, you were given percentages. So for like salicylic, glycolic, yeah. lactic, all these acids, pretty much everything. Yeah. I probably wouldn't use a retinol. Right. Um, 
And and certainly if I nursed my children or breastfed my children, I would always wash my hands if I put a retinol on before I nurse them or before, you know, people just always say before you touch them, you should yeah. wash the tretinoin off of your hands or retin-A, whatever. Right. Um, so I would certainly do that, but I, yeah. But for the most part, what's really interesting is you're, so the, even the percentages of these things you were saying, yeah, it's, it's going to so be subjective. really hard though, too, for you to even find percentages that are over what's listed as generally recognized True. as safe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so we're all going by the ACOG guidelines, right. you know, which is American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. That's the governing body for, um, like OBs, OBGYNs. Yes, pregnant ladies, if you will. Um, and when we were developing our line and our, our, in our pregnancy box, we had several OBs that we were consulting with and they were all like, it's fine. It's all, it's topical. The main thing. Stay away from a retinol. It's big. But you even, so, so there's a great, um, great article about why that, that really goes into why hydroquinone and retinol are the two ingredients that you should even consider avoiding. And it talks about. It's really about the how how much is systemically absorbed, and hydroquinone is significantly more si- systemically absorbed. Oh, hey, girl! Than retinol. So this article is saying, and and really, retinol is kind of extrapolated from vitamin A. So retinol is a derivative of vitamin A, but the the recommendation, I mean, is extrapolated because. Large doses of oral vitamin A we know is very teratogenic, so sure. which means like I, Accutane will like jack up a fetus, oh, and so they're basically just saying, okay. don't. <laughs> I mean, how else do you want to say it? It will. <laughs> Listen, it's the truth. So that's why if you've ever been on Accutane, they make you literally sign your life away. Yeah, I mean they're like they should. You need to be on six forms of birth control. There's a picture with a baby and a line through it all the time. Yeah. All the everything, anything you do, you can't even touch it if you're. Not on 12 things of birth control. I mean, it's, like, insane. But retinol is a topical form of vitamin A. And, you know, everything you read is, like, it's basically just not systemically absorbed. So you could go either way. You could say, yeah, sure, just completely avoid it altogether. It's not that big of a deal. It's a few months, you know, and just get on later. I'm in that camp. Or you could just say... It's not really systemically absorbed, and it's all. There's all these articles that say you know it's probably fine. It's extremely you know unlikely that it would cause any problems. Yada yada yada. So I just have an. I mean, I just have a conversation with people and just kind of tell them both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, people do different things. It's interesting. I mean, people will choose. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the comfort level I tell of the patient. You, my skin changed. Oh my gosh! Particularly after I had my first baby. Did mm-hmm. yours? I I don't honestly. I don't think I really thought about my skin that much until, uh, I mean, maybe this was the catalyst. I don't, I just don't think I had any skin issues to write home about until, well, no, that's not true. I got on Accutane after we were married, but that was because of my IUD. That was 100% because well, of my IUD. I had IUD. never broken out like that in my life. Oh, my gosh, you just until you were pregnant. just acne along your jaw and, yeah. it was, and on your arms and yeah. everywhere. It's a nightmare. Oh, it was so painful. And, yeah. um... And sure enough, as soon as you stop nursing, I mean, it, it was goes, dries right up. Mine was yeah, the it's opposite. All hormones. Mine was literally the opposite. So I ended up realizing that my IUD is what was largely contributing to my cystic acne. Mm. And I'd read like two like two studies about it. Yeah. And then when I went to get it taken out, and the OB was like, eh, 
What kind of IUD so. did you have? Well, I had a Mirena, which is a hormonal IUD. Because that's what I have, and I love it. I know. Well, I loved it because I never had a period, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I had I had raging cystic acne. Yeah. And the moment I took it out, it was like, uh, I mean, my skin was yeah. completely different. Brings up a good point. I always tell patients, you know, far be it from me to say that's not what's causing your issue, right? Yeah. You know, and you listened to your body and you knew it was and you had it taken out and it's better. Well, I just looked at the time frame yeah. and, and, and everything. It was about 10 years we've been married and I'd had several. And I was just like, why is my skin so much better when I'm nursing or pregnant? And then when I get it out and it's a nightmare and I just kind of read a few things. And then I'm in this discussion group of um, injectors and skincare people in Charleston called Derm Details. And, um, and somebody brought it up one day in the discussion group and multiple people said oh yeah I used to have an IUD and I took it out my skin's totally different which is just super interesting because they're not they don't put out very much hormone yeah but I think for some people that are just kind of did you ever get a Paragard so I did actually copper I had one briefly yes Paragard is the copper when I was going through headache stuff and they were just trying to fix so estrogen like the devil huh oh my gosh so Estrogen Very can common. possibly contribute to headaches and blah, blah, blah. So took out my Mirena, put in Paragard, um, and, like, hashtag never again. Um, mm. it, yeah, I mean, because it makes your periods not only more frequent but, like, heavier, more mm-hmm. painful. And I was like, who wants to do this? Like, this is terrible. Yeah. So now I'm on Slend. No one cares, but this is... <laughs> I was about to again, say. Sorry, Dad. Um <laughs> Now I'm on Slend, which is a Drospirinine only. Drospirinine. Right? What's the word? I don't know. Not a women's health hormone expert. <laughs> uh, and so it's one of the more anti-androgenergic <laughs> forms of birth control. That's how you say it. Is that right? That's right. Anti. It's very low. Androgenergic. That's not right. That is right. Androgenic. Mm. Mm. Perhaps. Anyway, big words. Yeah. Loud noises. It's androgenic. A- androgen- anti-androgenic? Yeah, there we go. That sounds I correct. was like, androgenergic. Androgenergic? <laughs> I just put an extra syllable You're thinking like there. adrenal glands. Yeah. That would be adrenal that magic. Is, yeah, it is. No, it's... <laughs> it's been a long time yeah. since I've dealt with the adrenals, and I have a little bit of PTSD Little from hats on your kidneys. Lie. I love the adrenal little glands. Um, what is your... Least favorite part of the day as a CEO of a multi-million dollar company. Oh. Hmm. I put um, you on the spot. Least yeah. favorite. Least favorite. Because uh. you would never say. What's your least favorite thing? I would say what my best favorite is. No, I didn't ask you that. Okay. Um. Gosh, this is a hard one. Accounting, payroll, <laughs> uh, emails. No, legal, legal for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. What yeah. do you? What do you have to I do? I dealt with legal stuff all day today. What What do you deal with? State-by-state state regulation, paperwork, supervision, it's um, very challenging. And it's also something I'm not willing to give up. I don't, um, I don't, oh, I have trust issues, do I? Well, I, it's just that it's so important. It's so important that I need to handle that myself for now. So I don't think people realize when you go from one state yeah. to another yeah. in any, most in most businesses, but like even in a medical practice. Yeah. So. When we decided to expand from uh, South Carolina to Georgia was the first state we went to. What 
what legal stuff do you have to deal with? Just um, different supervision paperwork. Uh, the what way does that she mean? is. Okay, so um, so every time an NP or a PA mm-hmm. um, practices in a state, at least in the southeast, they need to have a collaborating physician or a supervising physician. Mm-hmm. However, the state is. You okay. know this, right? There are lots of full independent. Independent, independent, independent practice authority states. <laughs> and so, anyway, um, so so every state has different ratios. So, South Carolina, you can have six full time equivalents of nurse practitioners and physician assistants under you. Okay. Georgia, if you are in a group practice, is four physician assistants, four nurse practitioners. Okay. Um, North Carolina is the amount that can be safely supervised, same in Tennessee, right? Which is who the hell knows what that means. Right, but so it just depends on your practice setting. And so in every state, that's different. And then um, there are different, uh, all kinds of different regulations. I mean, I could get deep into it, corporate practice and medicine. Regulatory laws on who's allowed to do what in each state, like what kind of provider is allowed to do what. Yes, which has been so interesting to me. Very interesting. in Texas... Um, there are lots of people that can inject neuromodulators. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to be healthcare trained. And so I think for me, you know, I'm speaking tomorrow, and that's a big point I want to get across is it's on us as healthcare providers to change the conversation about these procedures. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really, it is a medical procedure. These are our patients. Yeah. Um, and so when people say clients, you know, I cringe. It's not a oh, client. Not, not, they're, your right. they're your patient. Yeah. And I think it's on the aesthetic industry to change that wording right. um, because that puts the onus on healthcare providers to take care and safely take care of your patients. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's really interesting because I, I am confident. Just so looking at the amount of legal work that you do, and we have a lot of attorneys. I do. I love them. Sure, sure. Sure. They're great. They're great. Um, We have a lot of attorneys that, you know, help figure this stuff out. But really, even at the end of the day, like, there are laws or regulations or position papers that they will give an opinion on. Yeah. That even, you know, you and Ed and and Keels and I will sit down and kind of pour over it and say, you know, I disagree with the way they're interpreting that. Yeah. And so... It's really interesting state to state. Um, So there's labor laws, there's licensing, regulation, there's regulatory stuff from a, you know, who can do what standpoint. There's operating a business in each state. Okay, so that's your least favorite part. Yeah, two things I want to say about that before we move on. Okay. I'm actually on a legal podcast this week, which you're very excited about. Oh, great. (laughs) Delightful. But... Two things I want to say about that. All right, so in the absence of an actual statute, okay. an advisory opinion stands. So if there is no law statute in that state that mm-hmm. addresses the particular issue you're looking up, if the medical board has issued an advisory opinion, that's the that's, law. That's basically right? That's as good as the law. And that's very hard. The second thing is just because you read something on a website mm-hmm. does not mean that it is accurate. And so you mm-hmm. have to actually go to the legal statute, find the wording on that, interpret that, because you are held liable for all of that. So just because, like, let's say a medical board has something published on their website that's outdated, mm-hmm. if you violate that and you don't know the actual statute, 
you are held liable, even though they have it published on their website. And so that's why you have to do your homework. I mean, it, it takes a lot of work. It's, I feel like it's that, yeah, that, yeah, a lot of times that's what you have done that's the hardest all day, part of every my day. Yeah. Okay, that's your least favorite. Okay, yeah. What's your most favorite? Oh, I have so many. Okay, just you pick one. You know I love to teach. Just pick one, Mary Sunshine. <laughs> I am. I love to teach. Okay. That's my favorite. I mean, I, and talking teach to our you. providers and um, our cultivating our culture, creating yeah. our culture, um, that's that's the happiest part of my day. That and being with my girls and my husband. That's you not said part work of your job. Days. Yeah. Sorry, okay, no, work day. They don't yeah. pay you for yeah. that. <laughs> Nobody pays you. They should. They should. <laughs> they <laughs> no, well should. Kidding. Mary Thank Keels you. and Ada Catherine <laughs> get to save those pennies. Yeah. Pay your mama. Yeah. Um, okay, when people are trying to find the skin click, yeah. where can you find us? Oh, across all handles yeah, at okay. the skin click. At the skin click. Very easy. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I didn't even really say kind of what we do, but because um, I'm just assuming you guys have listened to the other podcast. If you haven't, you should. Um, so, skin click is a concierge-only medical aesthetics practice, and so we literally come to you. Um, we come to your house. We come to your office. We come to events. Really, where wherever anybody wants us to be is where we are. Um, and there are plenty of people doing mobile things, um, and that's great. But I think one thing that we are are really doing is we're completely setting ourselves apart as the absolute gold standard in safety and how to do this. I mean, everything that we do has been research to the nth degree we carry resuscitative equipment we have very specific malpractice anything you know that could very specific yeah very very specific um exactly for us so yeah thanks linda um but yeah i just i think um i think that it's a it's interesting to me because it's a little bit of a newer way to do things. I think that previously it was kind of like under the table. People would be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll bring my Botox to your house after work. But that's not what we're trying to do. I mean, we're trying to put this out there as a, a, a new way for people to do things. You a can new do care delivery system, if well, you will. I mean, it's not yeah. going into the home is not new. I mean, we can do I love home we can do home ICU now. We can yeah. do home IV antibiotics, pick lines, you know, wound care, which is significantly you know right. higher acuity than yeah. than botox and filler and and just really taking the um you know anxiety out of going to an office that feels very intimidating um and well and for me you know, you, like, yeah your experience time is your most precious commodity right yeah um very true you can't get it back yeah. and so um Buying people back time in their days. What a blessing that is. Because I think about, you know, so many working people, um, and most of our patients are women. We do, you know, we were trying to um, break the Claire stigma likes for the to men. Say, yeah. I say people, you know. All people, but I all like of our to people. say. It's predom- predominantly women, but yeah. still. I mean, Ed gets Botox. Kills yeah. won't let, Kills, Kills won't oh let us God, inject him yet. No. One day. Yeah. Um, no. You know, but I think about all these people who are like at work and. You know, you, you think about something that's essentially self-care and kind of maintenance. It's almost like getting your hair done, right? Yeah. And I don't want to take an hour to go to my appointment. And then I sit in the waiting room. Right. And then I have this thing. And it's like two to three hours gone from work. Right. 
when really you, I could have come to your office and we're in and out in 15, 20 minutes, right. you know, and and I've saved nice. you two hours and oh 40 minutes of your day, yeah, you know, and it's something that feels like such a luxury. You feel, I mean, I feel very guilty. I feel so guilty. Like when I get my hair done, oh, it I takes so guilty. three hours, Kelly setters, and it takes so <laughs> long. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you apologize. Oh, a thousand times. I mean, I do. I you hate can't it. help it. But also, but I mean, I love it. I want it. I love it. I want it done. I can't function without it. Right. My hair looks like butt right now because I haven't <laughs> been to Charleston, but I'm but going in October. exhausting. And Kelly will fix it. But yeah, I mean, so just giving people their time back. And then even moms with, you know, young children, it's like, do you want to get a babysitter to right. go do this self-care thing? I mean, right. it's an, add another, you know, 50, 60 bucks onto right. the tab of, you know, it's already expensive. Right. And so it really just kind of gives people back their time. And, yeah. and, and even in events, I love events because it just takes the stigma out of things. You're with your friends or your family and it's just fun it's a it's a more relaxed environment where but you're still being educated by your provider I mean just because of the model we use too we just have so much more time you know we're not it's really rushing in and out of an appointment which is which is a lot of fun well Um, and I think that's one thing that yeah we've talked about there's just a lot of opportunity in this part of medicine to really help people yeah and and to help um I mean part of our other core mission is to um, help women in medicine and yeah. that that's been really rewarding for me because it's yeah it's just a hard industry it is yeah. hard, hard place to be hard um field thanks yeah yeah sorry. the field of medicine it yeah is. it's for hard. women yeah we talked about that tonight yeah we were talking about um just maternity leave and women anything, and, in medicine yeah. and just how um you know you were lucky if you got six weeks and oh yeah. uh, which is which is insane. Nowhere else in the world operates like that. It's yeah. just America. So it's anyway. We're but it was all to, you could do to get back to work. I mean, I know, yeah. I know, attendings and um, residents that go back to work at two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I could not put fit little yeah. pants on it. Yeah. like two yeah. weeks. I mean, literally, I was yeah. like, I can't put my pants on. Yeah, <laughs> it's you not could, happening. You got to wear scrubs at least, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess that blessing. would be better. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's just hard. Terrible. So hopefully, you know, we can work to change that and um, change the conversation around that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. You know, I love you. You're supposed to say thanks for having me. More than my luggage. Thanks for. I was gonna say thanks for having me. (laughs) You didn't let me get there. That was good enough. Okay. Oh, Rose. All Uh, right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, if you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. Give her five stars. Give me five stars. stars? It is. It is. I give her five stars all the time, but I mean, I'm biased. I just. I mean, if you didn't like it, like you don't have to give me five stars, but I I would. I would appreciate it. I love you. It would be nice. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye.